Hello everyone and welcome back to the Elise Easy Show. I'm your host, Elise Easy, and today I'm joined by Toby, aka Blind Tobes, disability advocate, TikToker, and blind footballer. How are you doing, Toby? I'm really good, thank you. How are you? I'm good, mate. Bit bit hot, bit boiling. Not built for this weather in England. 21 degrees, but the Americans right now are probably laughing at me. I know, we're not built for this weather. I mean, I'm in a I'm in a jumper for some reason. Don't ask why. Just mental. Just a weird bloke. Weird bloke. <laughs> So, Toby, right, where to begin? So, actually, I'm going to preface this by you don't mind questions in general. So, if I accidentally put my foot in it, you can correct me. Feel free because, look, I can't even pronounce words properly on my channel. I once said tortilla. No, I said tortilla instead of tortilla. Right. And my, oh. my audience didn't let me uh, live that one <laughs> down for months. So, if I say anything that's, like, worded incorrectly, please do correct me um but you're visually impaired how much to what degree is your visual impairment is there like a percentage I don't know how the rating is yeah it's a bit uh, you'll hear different things from different people you might get like uh obviously you've got a standard person will have 20 20 vision and then you might hear some random numbers that visually impaired people have the best way I can summarize it is roughly like 97 percent blind uh Mm. so I was close to being blind blind uh as possible really yeah, and you weren't always um, blind, but you were born with a visual impairment. Can you tell me a bit about your condition? Yeah, so I've got, to be fair, if you, if you struggle with um, pronunciations, you struggle with this one. I had diagnosed <laughs> with uh, retinitis pigmentosa um, at the age of two. Um, mm. And the, the famous reason as to why my parents took me to the eye hospital to get me checked out is I kept bouncing my head off of a Christmas tree. Um <laughs> And I just didn't, I don't know what, it says a lot about my character that I couldn't figure out that there was something there and just avoid that area of the room. Um, but no, alas, kept hitting that ball ball. And yeah, parents took me to the GP, I think. And they said there's clearly something wrong with his eyes. Um, and then, yeah, at the age of two, was diagnosed with, with RP and it just slowly lost it as I grew up. So what was it like as a child then? What kind of barriers or like challenges did you face? Um, it was really it was weird as a child because my vision was relatively okay uh in certain scenarios like I could still play football with my mates I could still read and write and do all of this kind of stuff um but I was very clearly visually impaired and that's quite difficult as a child to like articulate what you can and can't do and like Mm. what support you need so my biggest barriers were actually understanding my needs as a child and I didn't really understand them until I lost my vision a lot more in my sort of adolescence and then I could you know I'd had a had a better voice to articulate what I need but yeah for me, that's what I struggled on. And I've only just realised that in like quite recently in the past few years, but that was quite a difficult thing for a kid to kind of figure out what was going on. Yeah, because I can't really imagine that. So, well, looking back, how does it feel then? Looking looking back through your memories as a child? Because I can't imagine, well, I can't imagine any perspective other than the one that I've always had, you know? Yeah, of course, of course. And that's, I guess, why we have conversations with different people. Mm. Um yeah I mean it's weird really because I desperately just wanted to fit in like that's all I wanted to be was just a normal kid I knew something was wrong with me but as I just said I couldn't quite like pinpoint what was different um and I just wanted to be your your normal kid so I tried desperately uh put off any support that I needed pushed away people that were trying to help me out um and that bit me bit me on the bum a few times before I landed myself in a bit of hot water 
um, because I clearly needed help and didn't take it. So yeah, it's um it's a weird one. I've got very, very conflicted feelings about that that time in my life. What were one of the instances where you got in a bit of hot water? What happened? Oh God. Um <laughs> so I mean I always walked into people because I didn't use a cane or a guide dog or anything. I again, as I said, I pushed that off. So I was always walking into people, like annoying people um in that sense um trying to continue playing sports with very low vision can can give you quite a few injuries i remember remember some bad like running into walls and lamp posts and things um so yeah things like that knocking people's drinks over if someone was walking down the corridor with a coffee i'd go and like barrel into them and their coffee would go flying so yeah oh god a few instances and why did you not want to accept help was it was it pride was it wanting to fit in I think, yeah, pride and wanting to be just your normal kids. I think the the moment that um, a kid is given something that no one else has uh, in a in a more negative context. So for me, that could have been a laptop where I could have the screen reading to me or a teaching assistant sat with me pointing out diagrams. Like you instantly feel like you're not a part of the group that you want to be a part of. So, yeah, I mean, now now is my biggest advice for any anyone losing their vision is to make sure you prepare yourself and accept all the help that comes your way because you'll appreciate it in the future um but yeah it was definitely just wanting to fit in really yeah because that must have been really hard because as a child you feel kind of well I don't know I've always felt a little bit alienated from my peers and there's always that pressure to want to fit in so that must be really difficult yeah, it was a weird one. And as I said, I tried desperately, which meant mm-hmm. putting off my cane and getting myself in trouble with various people, with whatever it may be, or even causing harm to myself sometimes. And now I look back and I'm like, well, that was stupid, wasn't it? But in the moment, it was just impossible for anyone to get through to me. Like I, I had the, I almost went deaf as well. Like, <laughs> like I just wasn't listening to anyone. So <laughs> <laughs> honestly, um, but yeah, it, it's, it's easy now to look back on it. Like hindsight's twenty twenty, even when you can't see um but it was you know something I was never gonna you know uh what's the word like facilitate in my life if that makes sense how did other kids act to it because I know that like the reason we want to fit in is because other kids can be little assholes really um so how, how did other kids act at the time towards it so in primary school um I as I said I was normal enough um and everyone knew that like I had bad eyesight, but they didn't necessarily know what that means. Like, why don't you wear glasses then? Or what, do you know what I mean? Why don't you do this? Mm. Um, and I, as I said, I couldn't explain what was wrong with me. I didn't have the knowledge or the, you know, the the articulation skills to to tell it. Um, and then I went into secondary school and my vision was a bit worse. Um, and it was easy for me to say, oh, I'm visually impaired. Glasses don't help. I will lose my vision slowly, that kind of thing. Um, and, and then I did lose my vision very quickly. And I went from being a kid that plays football with his mates and, you know, is out out in the streets at night, um, having fun, doing teenage things, to then not really being able to do those things anymore. And kids distanced themselves from me. And I got really, really isolated when I was sort of 15, 16. And only had like sort of two two or three friends that had been with me the, the whole time. So, yeah, it was, it was really challenging that period of my life, actually. How did your mental... If I may ask, actually, uh, how old are you? Uh, I'm 21. 21 so would you say this happened about six seven years ago yeah around that time yeah 
how was your mental health at the time? And they only asked because when I was a teenager, which was a little longer than seven years ago, um, <laughs> when I was a teenager, like mental health chat, we as a society talk a lot more about mental health now than we did like 10, 15 years ago. So I'm mm. wondering, like, how was your mental health at the time? Were there people helping you out, looking after you beyond family and friends? Um, yeah, there would have been 100% if I would have engaged with it. And I just didn't. I pushed ah. it away, pushed it away, pushed it away. Um, it was still quite a, I wouldn't say it was a taboo topic talking about mental health, but it was like growing. It's not nowhere near what it is now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, I remember I'd have, uh, my parents would put me in counselling and the the famous thing is, is if you've got to choose to go to counselling, you shouldn't be put in there by somewhere someone else. Um, so I just didn't engage with that. Um, I tried to be like, typical macho man be as stoic as possible not mm. let it bother me actually like deep down I was a I was a mess and I can recognize that now but yeah I was a very angry lonely child and how you said it deteriorated quite quickly are we talking about within the span of a year a few months um so I'd been used to going to my hospital annually so just once a year and there was little to no change when I was going from sort of the ages to six, seven to like 12. And then all of a sudden one year I'm, I remember going and, you know, the letter chart that you look at where the letters get smaller. Yeah. Um. So I, I went from reading like four or five lines down to only being able to read like three lines down. I was like, oh, OK, that's not good. And then the next year it was a bit less. And then the next year it was, more, do you know what I mean? And it it was just like that constant reminder that, OK, this actually is getting worse. It's getting real now. So probably over three years I went from going about 50% blind to about 80% blind and because I heard you on an episode of Jack Mates Happy Hour and you described how your vision is can you describe how your vision is for me and my audience right now yeah so for me now it's kind of just light merging into other bits of light so I can tell when it's daytime I can tell when it's nighttime um and it's through the tiniest little sort of pinhole you can imagine even less than half a fingertip if that makes sense um and so that means that I don't know if the camera can pick this up but around this area of me just doesn't exist at all like my eyes can't pick it up mm. uh, so yeah if, if someone's shone a light in my eye I could make up that there's something bright but that's about it really so you can only really see light and maybe sense light as well yeah yeah so obviously like light isn't just that stream of light it has like residual light so mm. it'll light up the things around it that's the point of a light isn't it um so yeah that that residual light gets into my eye as well and the rest is well nothing like you don't it see anything exist. yeah like people think it's black and to be fair when I was growing up I thought it would be black it's it just doesn't exist yeah because I heard you talking about this and I was trying to wrap my head around the concept so I was like I was thinking to myself and I was I was intermittently closing one eye and I realized that when you clo close one eye, you're not actually seeing anything. You're you're kind of seeing the bridge of your nose through your other yeah. eye, but you don't actually see anything when you close one eye. When you close both eyes, obviously you can see that like purple eyelid blackness. But like that spooned me out a little bit, you know, because I'd never realized before that if you close like one eye, you can't really see anything. So then the concept of nothing existing outside of this little like half a fingernail of vision I then wrapped my head around it and I was like ah okay yeah yeah and to be fair like I don't even I can't comprehend what looking out of one eye is because my right eye has literal like no light perception coming in at all it's mm. just my left eye that gets that uh sort of three percent vision that we talk about so when I shut my left eye 
um i actually see black out of the left eye that's closed but then nothing from the right and that's trippy yeah that is weird isn't it it's so interesting how all of us have these unique subjective experiences of just trying to intercept reality as it's come into our brains i suppose it's really, yeah, it's really interesting isn't um, it? the best way i can explain like what nothing is is if you take your like 180 degrees of vision and then try and look past that it's not black on the outsides it's just you can't see it like your brain can't get there the light's not getting into your eye yeah I know exactly what you mean because I was thinking of I was thinking a bit too deeply about these things one day and I realized <laughs> you you don't you don't ever see the back of your own head because because you just can't and it might have spooned me out I might have been a little bit stoned at the time but let's not get into I was going to say you sound high <laughs> I was 100% a bit high at the time and it it freaked me out dude That's a bad trip if I've ever heard one Oh no it wasn't good so when you went from having partially sighted vision and then it deteriorated, how did you how did you adapt to that? Because I suppose did did you always know that you would lose most of your vision? Was that always or was that a possibility? Yeah, yeah. when when I was um diagnosed at the age of two, they did say to my parents, like by the time he's in, in his sort of like late teens, he'll probably have sort of no vision to just light perception. Um and to be fair, they were spot on with that. Um yeah, the, the transition was difficult. I knew it was coming, but as I say, I didn't prepare very well for it. So when I did have to start using a screen reader and start using my cane, I found it quite hard to adapt. Um, but it did also unlock a different side to me that was very, very confident and almost sort of like, well, I've got nothing to lose now. I might as well just go for it. Um, and using my cane, starting to use my cane was the best thing that ever happened to me um, because... I just start. I got this independence that I hadn't had since I was like seven. And what independence do you have when you're seven? You have none. So I never experienced like just being a a normal teenager that could have like liberty and freedom. Yeah. So when did you when did you get your cane? When did you start using one? Uh, I think I have. I think I was sixteen. I think. Yeah. Yeah. We'll so go that's... with sixteen around that time. Like a weird. It was like first year of sick form. I think. Yeah. I don't know if it's a stupid question, but what did you adapt quite quickly to using a cane? Because I just think I'm really clumsy. I I don't think I don't think I'd be very. I can't even use. I've never had to use crutches, but like if one of my parents had crutches, like for a leg injury she had, yeah. So I tried to use like just mess around with crutches <laughs> at one. And it like I'm too clumsy. I don't have. I can't roller skate either. In case anyone's oh, wondering. Sure. <laughs> is, no, let, let's let's hope you never go blind. Then. <laughs> <laughs> it was um it was challenging like thankfully i knew roughly like what a cane was used for from i guess learning about it when i was growing up uh, we had like mobility officers that come to help visually impaired children um prepare for the future so thankfully i did engage slightly with that um and yeah i started using my cane it was it was shit scary i can't lie um mm. and then like within a, a week or so like i just picked it up and once you have the basics of it like the basics are like 80, 85% of what you need to do. So yeah, it, it, it was hard at the beginning, but then it, it did actually get easier, I will admit. Do you ever, because I'd worry about things like, you know, crossing the road. Mm-hmm. Is that is that ever an issue? Drivers, you know, well, I don't, I don't yeah. trust people that drive anyway. I, I, I'm, literally, <laughs> I'm a very paranoid person. I'd rather stay indoors if I could. But <laughs> I, I get you, honestly. Um, yeah, roads are a nightmare. Um, mm. we're taught to use like crossings where possible so whether it's a zebra crossing or like a pelican one where you can actually 
like you've got a bit of control over the traffic in that sense um but when i have to cross a, a main road that's not got like a designated crossing whoa, that is that's like top tier scariness because you just get splattered over the road and like you wouldn't even know about it yeah so i guess like nice and, <laughs> <laughs> nice and morbid um well how accessible would you say that england is then for visually impaired people um i mean it i i get about i i do what i need to do obviously there's fine things that can be done that we'd love to be changed that just isn't possible um but yeah i mean in most places i can get around by myself without really even knowing the area um and just figure it out but i'm very like as i sound very confident and i'll i'll just do things regardless whereas some blind people who aren't very confident find it really difficult to navigate so and you've got like old cities as well so i i'm from a place called chichester which is like an old roman town and it's got cobbled streets and stuff and trying to navigate using a cane through that is hellish sometimes so yeah it just mm. depends where you are really so did you go into further education you're 21 are you at um uni or did you go to uni? Uh, yeah I, I graduated uni last year i studied counseling psychology uh, which people get surprised at because I come across a bit like a dick, but I'm actually I'm, I'm a really <laughs> nice person, I swear. <laughs> uh, but I did that in Chichester. That's the reason why I was down there. Um, and then, yeah, we decided to stay down here on the South Coast because uh, it's much better than than London. I promise you that much. Um, so, yeah, that did my degree last year. And now we obviously do content creation. Yeah. So why did you go into counselling and psychology? What um, what compelled you? Do you want to do you want to work with people? Yeah, I, I do, to be fair. If I wasn't, if I didn't just fall into content, then I would 100% be doing some kind of counselling related um, job, whether it's NHS based or not, or further education, who knows. Um, but yeah, uh, when I was younger, we were going through kind of all the aspirations I had and losing my vision actually crossed off a lot of them um, or not, not completely crossed them off, but made them difficult as a blind person, like personal training or coaching. So I used to be, uh, I used to be an athlete and do sprinting. I wanted mm. to go into that and going blind make that very difficult. So then we came up with um, counselling. And at first I was like, mm, I'm not very compassionate. But then um, I did some mentoring for some kids at my secondary school um, who were on the special needs register. Mm. And I was actually really good at it somehow. No one expected me to, but I was just like quite good at it. So gave it a go at A-level psychology and then, yeah, went went to uni. And that, that was it, really close chapter. Did studying come with its own unique set of challenges? Because I was just thinking things like um, how would being blind affect studying? Like, can you get textbooks that are in full Braille? Um, I'm sure there are textbooks in Braille. To be fair, I wouldn't know because I don't read it. Um, ah. I literally cannot read. I'm illiterate. Um, but yeah, but, I mean, most of the libraries at uni are online and you can get your screen readers to read through them. Um but I, I didn't know how to use a screen reader properly on a laptop because it's really complicated. So for, for the first month of uni, I was trying to learn this really complicated piece of software while trying to obviously find my feet in my course and socialise and all this kind of stuff. I nearly dropped out. Um, but thankfully, the uni that was at gave me loads of good support with it and helped me mm. like train up to use it. And thankfully, I stayed and got my degree in the end. But yeah, there, there's lots of, I think there's quite a high dropout rate for visually impaired and blind students at uni, unfortunately. Why do you think that is? Is it is it because maybe there's just not enough extra help? 
depends what uni you're at as i said mine was mine was brilliant but i do know that there are, have been some unis and i've had some friends who have gone where it's been terrible and they haven't been very receptive at all um the social side of it can be really challenging um when you're blind and you've got the whole drinking nights out culture a lot of blind people don't like loud clubs and bars and stuff like we just want to you know sit in a quiet pub maybe or even if it's not drinking related just chill um mm. and it's quite hard to find those social events with people that you you can get on with and resonate with when everyone's out partying well i was going to ask actually how would drinking alcohol um affect you as you're blind is it uh, asking I'll, if it's different is silly but uh what's it like it, it, i mean it, to be fair i can't tell you if it's different because obviously i've never been drunk like not blind um yeah, exactly but from what i can gather like i just get a bit like the light perception just gets a bit worse in terms of like the lights merge into each other a bit more especially when it's dark as well you've got like bright lights in a club and then it's pitch black outside it all gets a bit fuzzy but then I don't know if that's just you know that happens to sighted people as well so I don't know I think the main thing is like your um coordination in terms of trying to use a cane when you're drunk that's pretty rough um, I have taken some wrong turns and ended up sleeping in a field because uh I'm a I'm a top bloke Oh my god! No way. <laughs> <laughs> I just honestly, I I went down this route. It was like second or third week of uni. I hadn't quite figured out where I was. Gone completely the wrong way. I ended up in a field. I was like, oh fuck it, this will do. Um, and woke up the next morning really confused. Um, and it turns out I was actually on some farmer's property. And I asked him where I was. Um, and I was a good like three miles away from the campus. So I'd obviously gone in the wrong direction. So I'm not very good when I'm drunk, apparently. That's crazy. <laughs> I'm just no, that's like that side. That, that you're a top bloke if you do that at uni. Do you know what I mean? I've got so much respect for doing that. <laughs> oh yeah, sure. You'd be an absolute lad. You just slept in a field. Yeah, I am a lad. That's the definition of lad. That. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. So, if getting mm, there's a few. Well, I got I got ADHD, so sometimes my brain goes. It's either ask ten questions at once, or my brain does this thing. I call it blue screening, where, um, like if you have a computer, the screen just like shuts oh, off. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like on those old like Windows ninety fives. <laughs> You're probably just imagining me getting like woken up by cows licking my feet or something. Yeah, look. Well, I'm a little bit concerned for you now. I don't want you wandering off and being in fields. No, no. To be fair, I'm, I'm much more sensible now. I don't. I don't. I don't go out as much. Like I go to a pub and have a few, or if the football's yeah. on, I have a few. But I'm I'm more sense. I'm the most sensible twenty-one year old you're going to meet. <laughs> well, actually, yeah, I did want to ask. Um, though I don't know if it's a bit stereotypical, but hey, there's no stupid questions in this podcast, no, right? Not. No, not at all. Do your other senses um, overcompensate for your vision? Like, like, do you maybe have a bit better hearing or better? yeah balance. Oh, i definitely don't have better balance for <laughs> terrible i couldn't stand on one leg for more than three seconds i don't think um i mean they they get like more in tuned so mm. if me and you did a hearing test we'd probably come out quite quite similar get similar results um but in terms of like real life application if me and you were sat in a room and talking to each other i'd be making a picture in my head based on what I can hear and smell and you know that kind of thing whereas you're making a picture from your eyes because you know you can um, yeah. eyes are definitely the the primary um sense that sighted people will use to you know 
orientate the world because it's the most important sense in that in, in that way so i'll hear sirens in the background way before you just because i'm paying attention it's not because my hearing's better it's just you're not paying any attention to it yeah yeah that's a that good point. really hard to explain but yeah i mean when it comes to like smelling stuff again it's the same kind of concept like i walk into a room the first thing i do is smell it drives everyone mental um <laughs> like when i got covid i lost my um taste and smell and i was lost like i was sniffing and there was just nothing there i was gutted oh god that'd be so awful i didn't even think of that i literally had like one sense i literally just have touch and hearing i had two senses yeah because i think i've heard you say on maybe it was jack's podcast that your is your memory really good um yeah it's decent in some ways like learning specific routes and memorizing mm. layouts yeah yeah and is that something that again your brain has just had to adapt because one of the like to overcome uh one of yeah, the senses being yeah. impaired yeah it just did it like I didn't train train my brain or anything but <laughs> I noticed it when I was like doing my GCSEs and I could just memorize the textbook inside out to the point where I could actually quiz other students to help them with revision without the textbook and just say what's this tell me about that and um yeah it was like a bit of a superpower really um so then that kind of translated into learning like roots and where do I need to go and how many steps are there in Lidl in Aylesbury do you know what I mean like it's just I could name you so many weird things like how many buttons are there in the lift in King's Cross on the third platform do you know what I mean it's really weird that's amazing I think I think that's amazing like because you know sometimes I have a hard time retaining information in my head (laughs) I blame everything on having ADHD to be honest (laughs) it's Um, valid take take that card and run with it (laughs) yeah so would you would you do like the weekly shop by yourself or do you go with uh well your girlfriend um to be fair she she normally goes just because where we live now we're proper out in the sticks mm. um and it's a good half an hour drive so i'll stay here with the dog she'll go and do the food shop but if if circumstances were like perfect um i could probably go and do it myself i'd get someone to assist me around in the shop because there's no point me like fingering all the packaging do you know what I mean trying to figure out what it would take me days um but to be fair if, if I was just by myself I'd probably do it online yeah that's a good point so I was just I was thinking when I was like prepping for this interview and stuff I was just thinking of all like how much we do I know realistically I know how much uh the average person does rely on their vision because mm. I think human eyesight is what a lot of our brain power focuses on i'm not articulating myself very well at all um whereas whereas other animals you know like dogs they they tend to sense the world through their nose primarily so all the things that we do to rely on vision um i just think it's amazing that you've managed to adapt because i think i would literally be lost (laughs) well you'd think that but like humans are so like adaptive like there's so many horrendous situations far worse situations than I'd ever find myself in in my life and they just like get on with it because it's just human tendency um so I I imagine if if you know someone like you lost your vision or anyone then it would obviously be difficult and challenging and upsetting but over a period of time you would just get used to it um like like you just said you don't realize how much you use your eyes like when I got COVID for example I didn't realize how much I used my nose it just became second nature to me mm. um so maybe I'm a dog by nature because I do just sniff around. But Dogs are your spirit animal. May, maybe. <laughs> but <laughs> like I didn't understand until I lost that sense. I didn't get how much I use it. So what, what you just said completely makes sense. If you blindfolded yourself for a day, 
you probably would be a bit lost because when you, you've had no practice of doing anything without your vision but you you then notice how much you rely on them yeah I read I think it's in a book called Cognito which is about like neuroscience and stuff and I'm, I'm very sure this study was in it where they made people wear essentially drunk vision goggles where mm. these people wear goggles and the, there's mirrors inside so what they're seeing flips upside down and they found that after a few days of just primarily wearing these goggles all the time the brain actually reverted the image yeah. back the right way that you'd be used to which is fascinating yeah, our brains brain can do that. Mental. Honestly, like studying psychology at uni and reading all the because we did quite a lot on um, neuro neuroscience and all that kind of stuff. Um, it was ridiculous to read what the brain can do sometimes. Um, and as I said, we do just adapt, and that that is what our brains do. Like you put it in a situation, and it will it will try and sort you out. It's a, it's a top lab, the brain. It will sort you out. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess if you've done psychology, um, I think this is also a study that was in the same book uh, cognito yeah cognito think that's the latin um they did a study with i think on a bunch of nuns because nuns they don't smoke they keep busy they keep rather healthy mm. so they're actually quite good to uh study if you're doing like a lifestyle study i think yeah, and yeah. They track these nuns for about 10 years and the nuns they they're very busy people they're always doing stuff right so but they found after 10 years I think half of them had actually got some sort of like cognitive degenerate disease like um Alzheimer's or dementia but because yeah. they'd kept so busy they weren't aware that that had happened because the brain overcompensated because they were kept oh. so it's in a book by David Eagleman so no one quote me on that because I've probably like, absolutely butchered <laughs> what David but David Eagleman he wrote it in a book and I just thought that is that is cr- that is crazy that the brain will just read that now that sounds insane like the powers of the brain is ridiculous like especially if you like as you say nuns are really like good to study on in that sense because they've had no like <laughs> they've had no like blurring do you know what i mean they've had no alcohol or smoking or anything they're just completely yeah. like, like, slates in that sense yeah tabula rasas um <laughs> <laughs> not me accidentally insulting all the nuns but like philosophically um so would you you mentioned London earlier. Would you travel by yourself to London? I've only unlocked this ability within the past few months, actually. Um, so I don't know what's happened to me, but I've become a bit of like a an animal in the past few months. I've just been going off by myself doing whatever. I want it's really <laughs> weird. Like I never never really did this. Like I'd go go to my local shopping centre and do whatever and be independent. I've never gone to cities by myself and just thought, fuck it, what's the worst that can happen? Um, so yeah, I, I would now go to London by myself and I do, do go quite regularly to, to different cities and, uh, whether it's to collaborate with other creators or, um, do some kind of campaigns that I'm on, um, I will travel and I have done, gone all around the country now, which is like, for me, mind blowing. Cause I never thought I'd be able to do that. Is London quite accessible by normal standards? If you took the people out of it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Yeah, um, yeah, do you know what? They make an effort. Um, like, I think the tube's brilliant. Like, the yeah. great. Like, the amount of support that you can get uh, down there and how um, accessible in terms of um, the tannoy that comes over and reads every station and tells you what lines you can connect to, or uh, like the um, tactile markings on the floor, which can tell you where there are stairs and where the platforms are and all this kind of stuff. Of course, it can be better and more consistent, but in my opinion, it's, it's pretty good. Yeah, so do you think you'd be able to just get around London 
just fine but you know with help obviously yeah if if you gave me like the tube buses taxis mm. um, then yeah i reckon i could get to wherever you wanted me to meet you because it must be quite important i guess for your mental health to have as you said earlier that liberty and that independence yeah it's like i i had a chip on my shoulder quite a lot in terms of that. i wanted to prove that i can do things and that can be quite a toxic mentality to have sometimes because you can put yourself and other people in sort of danger sometimes especially when you're blind and trying to travel somewhere things can go wrong and often they do um so to actually be now what i'd say competent and and confident at traveling independently and not putting myself in danger it's really like such a good feeling because it's taken like six seven years for me to even get near that point yeah i think that's really good I like, your pos- I like I like your positivity. I like how upbeat you are. Because like, I'm such a, um, my listeners will know on, on this channel, I'm such a cynic. I'm the most <laughs> jaded. Like I'm the most, I had this neuroscientist on. I just put the episode out like yesterday. And we mm. were talking about, her name's Dr. Tally Sharot. And she's done books like The Influential Mind and The Optimism Bias. I don't know if you've heard of this. Um, but mm-hmm. she was saying how most people are like really optimistic to their own mm. circumstances. And very rarely do you find true pessimists. And I was like, mate listen to me for five minutes no i am a true pessimist so it's just nice we need people like you though we need that i think it's just being a bit british you know a bit like oh pull the other one mate oh god honestly i'll tell you i am i am a proper cynical person in the sense that i don't believe i don't i I always think that people aren't telling the full truth which is a really unfortunate trait to have but i'll always look deeper into things and probably over over read into stuff um and i'm an optimistic person by nature as well so it's a really it conflicts itself sometimes because i want to see the best in people but a lot of the time i'm like nah you just chat shit mate i want to try to see the best in people but then people act like idiots <laughs> i mean people but like they are just dickheads aren't they just literally everyone <laughs> by and large the masses i think sigmund freud i know he's been debunked a fair, fair few times but i think like he hated the masses as a collective i think socrates also did like the masses because he got poisoned well, he ended up in. He had to. He got. They had a democratic vote, and he got poisoned. It's just a mess. It's always well, he, been a he mess. Get on in today's world, we would, would he with like eight and a half billion people or something? He would. Uh, if he hated the masses back then, what would he think now? <laughs> His hair would go white from the stress. Um, so, <laughs> when did you start doing TikTok? Oh, where are we now? July. So probably getting on for a year and a half ago is when I when I posted my first video. What was your first video? Do you remember? Yeah, it was um, it was really weird, actually. It was a video of me reacting to a comment section of a video of me that had gone viral on someone else's page. Um, and in this comment section, there were just really stupid comments like, why has a blind man got sunglasses? Um, why, why, is a, why is a blind man outside breathing oxygen? I was like, <laughs> I was getting really angry. So I made this video um with my girlfriend she put it all together um and the the first take i did of it i went in so gung-ho like i was coming at people like this is a dumb question why would you even say that and she was like mm. i know you're just like being you but can we like maybe be a bit more happier i was like okay fine maybe be a bit less you literally yeah just don't be you at all um <laughs> and maybe that's why i'm so optimistic now she just shifted my mindset completely um, you've been forced to be yeah, optimistic i've been forced into this um actually to be fair i will say media does do that to you when you have to be on your best behavior all the time you do become a bit cleaner in the way that you think and view things um Mm. but going back to the video yeah it it just went viral it's my first ever video i've never been on tiktok before in my life 
um and yeah it got millions of views in in a couple of days and i was like oh okay um so just continued making videos and and it stuck so you originally started tiktok because you were mad at this comment <laughs> section well yeah. i love that i think that's a great origin story a hundred percent because i've spoken i've met you know a fair few creators in my time been on the platform for a few years i've met like a big variety of people mm. and it feels like people do naturally have to start maybe not i don't want to say censoring themselves a bit more because that has a lot of like funny connotations um but i know some people who used to be really gung-ho well even jack mate would probably say that like you know back in the day when he was doing youtube he was fully calling people see you next tuesdays yeah, yeah. We, we can't we can't say that word on youtube oh, and then yeah. naturally over time as you progress you have to be a bit more like hi like a bit nicer because like when i started doing youtube i was mean to begin with i was like <laughs> i was just i was i don't even agree with the stuff that i was saying two years ago you know? but that's on growth <laughs> That's no, but it's true. Like, you've got to be so diplomatic. That's the best skill I've learned from be doing social media is keeping everyone happy is the best way forward. Um, like, I am myself. Like, I am myself. I just take away the parts of me that wouldn't wouldn't get into the algorithm, um, which is the swearing and the the cynicism and maybe a few other bits of me. To be fair, maybe my whole personality. But <laughs> by nature, now. And it has changed me a bit. Like I am a lot more optimistic about the world and probably do see it in a better way. So it's like, have you ever heard of um, a self-fulfilling prophecy? Yes. So yeah. it's like that, isn't it? Where you, you like, if you keep doing it and doing it, you'll trick yourself into actually believing it. Yeah. Oh, that's funny that the internet's made you more positive because maybe I'm just on the wrong side of the internet, but I open my phone up. I, I like doom scroll on Instagram or something and I'm like, oh, I do not fuck this. I've had enough. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I do do that because there is some shit out there. But <laughs> so I guess you have like a um, is it called a text to speech? Yeah, uh, yeah. Type app on your phone. Um, how uh, <laughs> the one thing I'm thinking of is how fast can you make that go? Because sometimes, like, if I'm listening to other people's podcasts, I have to put them on like 1.5 speed because people are too slow. <laughs> should we like? Should we see if the audio would pick up my screen reader on my phone? Yeah. Do you want to see it? And I'll show yeah, you how, it. how quickly I have it on and see if you can hear any of it. Yeah, sure. Let's try. Let's go quite fast. Okay. If I flick through my apps, can you hear what they are? Watch. Utilities folder. Apple Store. In iCloud. Clips. In iCloud. Yeah. You can get that. That's really fast, though. That's way faster than like I have my podcast on. That's quite slow to be. That's on eighty. Normally, I'd have it on like ninety, ninety-five. Um, but that's slow because I had to, like, when you're trying to listen to something specific, like a phone number, you have to turn it like down sometimes. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I reckon if you can, if you can pick that up, you could probably do the fastest speed. To be fair, that's pretty impressive for someone who doesn't use screen reading technology. Oh yeah, I heard things like Apple Store and there was other stuff, but I've already forgotten about it. <laughs> I heard them. It, it went through, but it was still like that was really fast because, like, I well, I'm a very impatient person, you know, because yeah. <laughs> that's the ADHD. So I have to have things on quite fast. And then, like, if I'm on YouTube and I've got something on two times speed and then I put it back to the normal speed, I'm like, people oh, sound sounds... really, it sounds weird, doesn't it? It sounds like people talking in slow mo. Oh, it is really weird. Like, you know, the songs on TikTok where they all of them seem to be sped up now. And, like, if you hear the original song, it's like, that doesn't sound right. Oh, I think they sound better sped up. Yeah, hundred percent. It sounds for me. It sounds better. I don't. I don't really understand why. Um, 
but yeah like people are always shocked whenever they hear it like how do you even hear that and it's just like what you just said is it being impatient like I don't want to sit here for ages listening to a long email or something on like normal speed because it'd take me ages and everyone would hear my email as well <laughs> yeah that would do my head in like um like on tiktok when you get these uh reddit stories that are read out by the oh, yeah. robot the robot voice lady if that's on too slow then i have to scroll past immediately but when they're <laughs> nice and fast then i'm a busy person i'm not i'm not that busy honestly i'm a very busy and important person i've got things to do mate <laughs> you're busy enough to be on a robot reading reddit tiktok yeah exactly i'm a very fulfilled <laughs> person with an active work life <laughs> no i get you though it is like it can be really frustrating but it took me a while to get up to speeds like that to be fair like i did start on normal speed and then you just get used to it and um, yeah people were like what are you even like my parents when i was home the other day um because i don't go and see them too too much and actually they haven't seen me use screen reading technology much at all so when they were listening to it they're like, what is that even saying you're not even listening to that are you it's just <laughs> like you know no one's even texting you <laughs> but yeah that's that's class that you can understand it to be fair Cheers, mate. It's my brain. My brain's always on a thousand. My brain's either on a thousand or zero. There's and there's like no in between. It's very odd. I, I wish I could find that in between too. To be fair, I, even when I'm asleep, I'm I'm like at a thousand for some reason. My dreams are mental because of it. Well, I wanted to ask actually, but I know it's probably a stereotypical question again. But what what are your dreams like? Oh, but honestly, like it's if you take the most creative person in the world put them on LSD and then feed them back <laughs> mushrooms, they wouldn't come up with anything near what happens in my dreams. It's, it's mental, honestly. I don't know what it is, and it's quite common in blind people. It's because we have quite overactive brains, um, mm. especially with conditions like mine where you're getting light into the eye, but you're, it's not being passed to the brain in the right way. So your brain's just like, well, can we fix this, please? Um, so it goes into like hyper mode. Mm. And then when you try to relax, it just doesn't switch off sometimes. Um and unfortunately with me, it really doesn't switch off. So I can lay there for hours, like not falling asleep because my brain just won't let me. So my dreams, they, they are then visual because they're picking up on memories that I've had when I'm a child. Um, and they'll put that into my brain and then it all gets a bit confused because my brain's like, well, we haven't seen it in ages. What's going on here then? And then it will do really trippy shit and it makes no sense. Yeah, I'm trying I'm trying to imagine that now because especially if you're getting these memories um, of your childhood in your dreams, but... You're trying to, you're, I guess, seeing them metaphorically in a way through. That's that's a that's a tricky concept. That's that's a difficult one to wrap my head around. I guess it's weird because if you take like everything you know now conceptually, and put that in a dream, so like, like in the world of twenty twenty three, we we know lots of things that we didn't in two thousand and ten. But mm. you take what the world looked like in two thousand and ten and put that into the dream where conceptually it's twenty twenty three then it becomes like really discombobulated and it's kind of hard to figure out what's what. Does it does it feel like ever feel like a bit too much then? Um not in the dream to be fair because like, I'm not really aware it's happening. It's just kind of mm. in my head. But when I wake up I'm often like, what was that? Like what was that? Especially if you remember them because you don't remember most of your dreams. Um but like I guess it's something to look forward to, like going to bed and stuff. Like oh, I wonder what's going to happen tonight. And quite often <laughs> nothing happens. But every now and then you do just get a ridiculous one, which like defies any type of logic that I have. Mm. Well, it's I suppose yeah. Well, I guess that leads me to wondering. You know how a lot of people 
they have their mind's eye where they're visualizing things mm. in their head. Maybe they're talking to someone, but they're thinking about something else. Do you still visualize thoughts, concepts, ideas in your head, or is it more? I don't know. Is it based on the other? Se- because like one, I have one of my one of my friends. He, I don't know the correct scientific term for this, so I'm not going to even try and attempt it. But he, I have an internal monologue. You mm. have an internal monologue, right? My friend doesn't have an internal monologue and apparently like a good percentage of the population don't have internal monologues so he doesn't really think thoughts or yeah, concepts yeah. he just kind of like says things and it, it's so hard to explain it's, it's i'm, I'm yeah. struggling with I trying to articulate what, what i mean yeah 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 no i've got an internal monologue and i think it's it's the same with people like imagining things in their heads as well i think there's a percentage of people who don't like see things in their head um yeah, that's so, what words was like. Do you still see and th- visualize things in your mind's eye, or? Yeah, kind of like, but it's not. I said it on the Jackmate podcast. Actually, it, it, it's oh. like a cartoon version, if that makes it like the most basic thought that you can put in someone's head that's visual. That would be what I kind of see. So if I'm mm-hmm. thinking about a house, it's like what a child might draw on a piece of paper. Why do you think that is? Do you think it's because no new information has come through your eyes? Maybe, like, because obviously that, what I'm imagining now is, like, getting quite old. Do you know what I mean? And you you do lose it as you grow up. If you lose your vision, you lose that imagination. Um, So, yeah, maybe. It's just really basic. I don't know if it's also, like, hard for my brain to try and process and put together complicated images and stuff and, like, detailed pictures of Mm. things um but yeah it's so so bad like if you said to me like can you picture a boat it would literally be like something out of spongebob like it's literally (laughs) the most basic thing ever that's really interesting yeah but i don't know the thing is it's really weird doing these podcasts and talking about it and like trying to explain it because i'm never really put in a position where i have to like explain it to anyone um Mm. especially in detail to try and make not just you but also the audience who's listening understand as well um so like it's only in the past year that I've really had to think about it and that's been like quite like ironically eye-opening in a sense because I've started to understand like my condition and how it works a lot more because of talking about it Mm. does it ever feel quite trippy because you're having to do you know you just said that you're having to do quite a lot of introspection to be able to try to explain these things on podcasts does it ever get a bit trippy because I'd get myself in thought loops you know it is. It's very introspective, actually. That's a that's a brilliant way of summarising it. Um, yeah, it's sometimes when I'm talking about it, I don't know like what's actually correct and what isn't. Like, am I just like what we're talking about there? Like with the imagination. Naturally, while we're talking, my imagination goes wild trying to figure out what's going on, and I'm like, but is that natural? Would that happen normally? I'm trying to explain what's happening to me now. Is that what's happened over the past few years, or is it just happening because I'm talking about imagination? And you get yourself in a bit of a loop, and you don't actually know. <laughs> what the answer is so it can get a bit weird <laughs> so how is your tiktok going you've been doing it for the past year and a half you've got is it 250k uh i've actually had a bit of a spike recently we're nearly at 270 now which is nice i've got a little little 20k burst in a in about a week and a half which is lovely um it had dried up it had really really dried up around christmas time i don't know what happened but a lot of people were complaining about the app um a lot of creators mm. were saying you're not you're not pushing my content out to my followers. What's the point in having a follow button if my content doesn't get pushed to them, which I completely agree with. Um, 
and I've just had a, a string of uh, videos in the past couple of weeks that have, I don't know if they've resonated with people or the algorithms just liked them and pushed them out and yeah, gained a lot of traction, which is always lovely, but it does mess with you a bit when you go through a, a dry patch and then a, a nice purple patch and then it will, it will slow down again soon. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. yeah it is a weird one. Yeah, TikTok for me is a funny one. I have such a love-hate relationship with it because I like all the memes and stuff. But like, I find that the comment sections on TikTok are so much worse than the ones on YouTube and Instagram. So what's like, what do you reckon are the dumbest comments that you get? I think that there's, do you know what I struggle with? Is like saying a question is stupid. Like you said, there's no stupid question. Um, You're just trying to learn. And Mm. like, I never want to dissuade someone from being curious, especially mm-hmm. about like blindness, which a lot of people don't know about. But there's some questions I get like, how do you know when you're asleep? Or I don't know, like the one like, how do you wipe your ass? That one pisses me off. Um, what? Yeah, I get that one all the time. Like, how do you wipe your bum? Or how do you know when you're done wiping your bum? What? what huh? Well, you, I'm, you I'm concerned about those people now if they're asking that question. If if I'll, I'm going to take the role of the host for a second and just ask you a quick quick question about y- your ass wiping habits, but <laughs> when you do, do you look at the paper? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's how you know you know you're done based on the appearance of the paper. Yeah, based on vision. Yeah. And obviously, I can't look at the paper, so people get confused as to how I'd know when I'm I'm done. Well, just be just be thorough, I suppose. Like you don't read you don't really need to see that's like that's see this is what i mean about tiktok though like the tiktok commenters don't have boundaries i swear and i just i see a lot of just ignorance like plain old ignorance on tiktok and i can i find it frustrating and i don't even really post on there you know because i'm always forgetting um so i can just ever get like frustrating for you oh yeah 100 percent. like if there are questions questions are questions but as i said there are some that do get a bit repetitive and tedious but one that gets me the most and it's because i get it the most is how are you reading the comments or how are you replying to comments and it just makes me think like what is your view on technology we've literally got robots now like chat gbt churning out essays and songs and impersonating people and you think that there's not technology that can read some writing on a screen (laughs) Like really, like there's been what is it in cars? It's not CarPlay. What's it? What's it called? Where it will read out your messages and you can do it with hands free and all that stuff. Like how long have we had that for? Oh, for ages, yeah. So like you think that Apple or Samsung or whoever haven't put together some software that's able to read your? It's not just me. It's not just blind people either. It's like people with dyslexia who can't necessarily read or some mm. kind of information processing. Um, disabilities you know it's, it's just easier to listen to things sometimes you know when, when we put our airpods in and you get a notification it will read out the notification it's mm. just i don't understand why people can't comprehend that we can use technology in it like we've got rockets that go into space and you think <laughs> yeah. we can't just have a have a robot but well oh do you know what no that's actually i was gonna give people the benefit of the doubt them and be like do you know what? maybe they're 12 years old maybe they're mm. just a bit silly and they're being a bit ignorant but the Reddit videos that we have on TikTok, That's they true. literally read out the text. So there's no excuses for these people to ask that kind of question. I don't think and there's Those excuse. videos dominate TikTok as well. Like, I can't go three videos without scrolling through a Reddit video. Like, I'm sure that everyone on that platform has at least seen one. But then they see me replying to a comment saying, oh, thanks for the 
thanks for the compliment if someone said oh this is a sick video thanks for the reply and then i'll have like 20 replies to that be like how have you replied to that then clearly faking it it's just oh it does my nothing well do you, do you get people like making little conspiracy theories being like he's not actually blind he's just doing it for do you get All people saying that oh day. no every single day there will be someone being like he's clearly faking it uh he's clearly not blind and do you know what that's it there's a learning like opportunity from that because i'll make videos based on the comments who have tried to break down every little reason as to why i'm not blind and it can actually teach people a lot about the disability like Mm. for example my eyes don't look blind cool that's because the problems at the back not the front there you go you got a little tidbit of information off your pop or he's looking directly at the camera well yeah that's because i'm holding my phone in my pit off your pop (laughs) a little tidbit of information so i will respond to it and educate people but it does does get draining sometimes yeah i think i saw a video once of um, stevie wonder the famous blind mm. musician um he was on stage and the mic stand was about a full and he caught it and people yeah. took that and they were like he's faking it he's faked it his entire career and it's like no maybe he just felt that it was falling like yeah. maybe there were hundreds of other times where it has fallen and he didn't reach out to catch it maybe that one time that he caught mm. it was also on cat and that's the one that gets 100%. viral and you know a hundred percent like i'll do things that are really rare and like won't happen normally like for example like i'll avoid a lamppost because i'm slightly more to the right than a than the left and people are like well he walked out the way of the lamppost it's like no i just got lucky this one time mm. like, <laughs> it doesn't normally happen um people just you know see what they want to see and i think by nature like we were saying a lot of people are skeptical unfortunately which is funny because like I'm such a conspiracy theorist, but the moment I see other people conspiracy theorizing, I'm like the most dismissive person. I think it's a really bad trait of mine. Like I love aliens and UFOs, but if I see someone talking about how they're abducted, I'm like, I'll pull the other <laughs> one, mate. Yeah, right. <laughs> what's your, going off topic here, but I'm interested, what's your favorite conspiracy theory, the one that you believe in the most? The one I believe, I, oh, I don't know. I don't know because I... I, I like to believe in some things because I kind of find it more fun than anything. Mm. Like, But then when I educate my... I've been listening, for example, to a series of lectures about ancient Egypt because I find ancient history really fascinating. And they were talking about how the pyramids were actually made. And yeah. there, weren't even, there weren't even Israelite slaves at the time. It was basically community service because everyone back then, most people back then were farmers. So they could all pitch in, do community service. So I was listening to this lecture and I was thinking to myself... Yeah, I don't think the aliens actually did the pyramids anymore. <laughs> no, there's actually, do you know what, talk about the pyramids, I saw loads of stuff around about how they weren't built by the Egyptians and then they were built by the Egyptians. And I'm very confused about that topic now. So send me over those lectures and I'd like to actually know what's going on there because I'm very confused. They're all on Audible and they're for free. They're on Audible. Yeah, it's like, it's the series and it's called, I think, The Great Lectures and they have all of these, um, and it's these... I was going to say these proper people. That's not a term. These professionals, <laughs> <laughs> these proper people, mate. Yeah, like talking about these subjects, like they know their shit. Um, it's got these professional lecturers and speakers and researchers, I suppose. So the, and it's a really good set of. And it's for free. Most of them are for free on Audible. I love Audible and audiobooks in general. I just love because I really like books, and obviously I can't read. Um, mm. Do you want to know the most humble, wholesome thing that's ever existed? Yeah, go on. So um, my missus likes to read quite a lot 
um, and I like my books, but can't often find the right audiobook. She was reading a book, and what we do now to help me get off to sleep, like I was talking, my mind races, like I struggle. Is she will, she will read the book that we're both reading to me while we both fall asleep. Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> it's like really, I feel like a baby, but it works as well. Um, so, and I think, yeah. yeah, I think like when you actually read things aloud, it helps you retain that. If you're the reader and the speaker, it helps you retain yeah. that information a bit better, you know? Yeah, I've heard that actually. Yeah, to be fair. So she, we're, we're enjoying that at the minute. I do like my books. It's one I want to get into. So I will, I'll have a look at those lectures, I think. What are you reading at the moment? What, what are you listening to? <laughs> well, I actually don't, I think it's called, ha- it's going to sound really bad. Um, How I Murdered My Family, I think is what it's called. I um, bought that, but it's. I think it's in the car. Yeah. Like I, I, I bought it and I didn't read it yet because I've got. I do a lot of like, um, I guess dismantle, deconstructing of like yeah. shit books on my main channel. Like right. a lot of my main channel content is like this is why Twilight sucks. This is why Fifty Shades of Grey sucks. <laughs> so most of like the books that I read are just like shit books. So I don't get much opportunity to actually read like something that's good for my brain. <laughs> oh, okay, I get. I mean, this one. I mean. It's funny. It's more on the humorous side rather than the actual like, crime side. But it is the I'd say I'd say read it. Once I've been getting into that, helped me fall to sleep. And I was never into them when I was younger. It was like apocalyptic type books, um, which I was thought was like for nerds or something for geeks. Do you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> and then I started listening to. Them, actually, they're quite good. They're quite captivating. So I listen to them a lot as well. So if you can recommend anything from that, I might go scout through Audible later on because you've uh, you've reminded me that that exists. I love a good apocalyptic, you know, like post nuclear war type yeah, book. Yeah. There's um, there's one it came out I think in the seventies or eighties called Swan Song, and that's sort of about nuclear war and then society trying to rebuild. So that's pretty good. There we go. In the comments, drop your best post apocalyptic book. <laughs> yeah, if it's got nukes, even better. Oh, so I suppose. Um... <laughs> No, I have like, I get these hyperfixations, right? And last month it was nuclear war. So I had like a <laughs> nuclear scientist on the podcast to talk to me about like nuclear winter. And I was playing like the Fallout games and stuff. <laughs> this month it's the, um, the Mex, no, not Mexican, sorry, not the Mexican cartels. It's the Colombian cocaine cartels. Oh, yeah. That's my, that's my obsession this month. So. <laughs> I mean, I think it's nice to have obsessions like that. It's not nice to be obsessed, but like when you're really interested and you love learning about things, I think that's really cool. Yeah. Well, I guess then, are you are you able to play video games? Um. So, oh God, how, how much do I like expose myself here? Um. So <laughs> when I was younger, as we mentioned earlier in the in the chat, uh, I didn't have the best relationship with my friends. I didn't, you know. Um, get along too well with people when I was losing my vision Mm. so I threw myself into video games but my parents weren't too keen on buying me like xboxes or playstations um because you know what I will lose my vision eventually and it's not the best investment which is fair enough people say oh that's that's mean I I agree to be fair like it's sensible Mm. Um, especially considering we weren't like wealthy growing up um so I had a Nintendo Wii and what I would do is I'd play Mario Kart on it for like 10 hours a day and I actually got into the competitive scene of Mario <laughs> no way and like there's a literal competitive scene of like a huge community of people that are like ridiculously good at a game and will play competitively so I was doing this when I was like 13 um losing my vision and I stopped eventually but even now if I pick up a, a Wii controller and put Mario Kart I can play the game without any vision really and I'll win like I will I won't even drive off the track once like I'll win 
I can't even win or play it now with vision. <laughs> like, I'm not joking. Like, I'll be doing all these, like, expert shit that blows your mind. And people are like, how the hell are you... Like, you can clearly see then, can't I? Like, no, I'm just... You know, I'll turn my head away from the screen and start doing it. And it always shocks people. It's my little party trick. Yeah, I guess it's like, well, the muscle memory, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, it's not it's not too difficult to memorise a track layout. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, you know, it's like walking around. Like, if I went to, like, my secondary school now, I could walk around without my cane just because I memorised it all muscle memory. It's the same mm. with the tracks on the, on the game. It's just, <laughs> it's a shame. It's like Mario Kart. It's on the Wii. It's not something cool, like call of duty on on an xbox or something <laughs> what about other like recreational activities then like what um what's going to the cinema like can you go to the cinema or yeah m- most things you'll find are, are accessible um so most cinema um films will give you audio description like in a headset so i can like take some headphones plug it into this little device that will give the audio description while the film's running um I'm not a massive film like person, so I'll only go if like a new film's out that I've been interested in in a while. Um, mm. But yeah, it's accessible. Pardon me, that's disgusting, mate. That's for lunch <laughs> coming up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so most people, whether it's cinema or you know those um trampoline parks. Yeah, <laughs> I'll go to them sometimes and cause absolute chaos and just like it's all about just letting yourself like like just give it a go and not care what people think because like, i'm sure i look like an absolute muppet doing these things but you know you go you go to these things to have fun so why not just you know give it a go type thing yeah yeah i think that's a really good mentality to have actually because probably most people hold themselves back because they think that they're, they're going to look stupid but really what does it matter are you going to see those yeah. people again well even if you do and you, they're not going to why would they even think you're a weirdo for like doing something that they're doing as well? Like you go to this place and you're doing the exact same thing as them and you think you look weird. Like it's just, yeah. So I'll always, if I get invited somewhere now and I'm a bit, it's a bit out of my comfort zone, I'll just do it. Like what's the point in missing out on something? I think like the younger generation, I suppose like me and like your generation are quite good at that, just overcoming or not being bothered about, well, why would I look weird anyway? Because I've noticed that the older male generation in England, like boomer men who are like in their 40s and 50s, they don't seem to like looking like they enjoy stuff. Like I've been to comedy, <laughs> I've been to comedy shows. <laughs> I went I went to um I went to Ricky Gervais, I think, maybe last year. I can't read my frame of time is terrible. I didn't buy the ticket because I'm not fussed about Ricky Gervais, to be honest. But I like someone had a free ticket going, so I went along. And he talks a lot about free speech on Twitter, right? So there were the people that are into that, you know, the older men that are into that, they were in the audience, yeah. right? And it's a comedy show and they had like their arms crossed and they they were scowling and looking <laughs> like they weren't enjoying it. And it's like, well, what have you come here for then? It's a comedy they, show, they, you know? They don't enjoy it. And unless it's like a hot sunny day with a barbecue and a pint and a chat about how they hate young people and all different minorities, I don't think you'll see a boomer smile. Like, yeah, just shirtless, happens. going red. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I'm glad I'm blind, honestly. Yeah, isn't it? that'd be quite nice, I think, in London, especially. <laughs> yeah, there's some proper, proper rascal people talking about London. <laughs> so what's it like um, playing blind football? I don't, right, I'm going to hold my hands up. I don't know that much about football. It's on sometimes and people go mad about it like once every four years, sure. Um, but what's that like, playing blind football? Tell me all about it. Um, it's a brilliant sport um and one that deserves a lot more 
uh, recognition and attention than it gets. And that's why, obviously, I post about it when, I, when I'm playing. Um, it's a very scary sport, very physical. Um, you've got to be quite brave to play it. Um, mm. it's, it's like the complete mix of technical ability, how good are you on the ball, how good are you, uh, uh, you know, dribbling, passing, shooting, whatever. It takes those elements of sighted football and then puts it into like a rugby type environment of okay you're going to get battered now by someone who weighs 20 stone can you can you deal with that um yeah so yeah it's, it's a really good sport I love football I've always loved football and I really missed playing sighted football when I lost my vision so to be able to now play football still because it is still football um with people you know in in the same circumstance to me who just you know want to play football and enjoy that is is almost life-changing really so when you play blind football, everyone gets actually blindfolded, right? Yeah, yeah. It's about the, so like we were talking about, I still see light coming in, whereas mm. a blind person who was born blind may have never seen anything in their life. So we put the blindfolds on uh, just to make sure everyone's on a level playing field. And do, are accidents more likely to happen? Uh, yeah, yes, <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I was going to try and get all around it. I was trying to like skirt around it and be like, no, it's fine. But like, yeah, things do happen. Um, I've had a few few injuries myself. Um, but yeah, just like collisions happen. But there are, there are rules and, and stipulations where you have to say certain things so that the contact is avoided as much as possible. So if I was dribbling and you were defending, you'd have to say the word voy to me. Uh, when I was approaching you so that I could hear you're there and like avoid that full-on collision um, and if you don't say that it's a foul so there are things that you can do but obviously accidents do happen I guess a little bit like a not like at all but I just thought then oh like Marco Polo right? <laughs> yeah, <to be> <laughs> kind of way. just you want to avoid the person shouting Marco instead of finding them would you be quite good at Marco Polo I've never do you know what if, if we ever meet in person, we'll play a game and we'll find out because I've never played it in my life. <laughs> I reckon I would, I don't know. I reckon it would be one of them things where you'd think I'd be amazing, actually, maybe it'd be a bit shit. Well, then what's it like? Like, because I, I can't even, I cannot even play normal football. Um, <laughs> hmm, how do you, let me try and articulate. Do you have any reservations when you're playing about, well, no, I guess you don't because you've had accidents, right? Because I would be, I just, not to say I, 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 me, me, me too much, but I would be concerned about, I might run into someone, I might trip over the ball, I might do this, I might do that, I might hurt myself. Do you have to like, just let those reservations go and just sort of go for it? Or can you, can you guess? Yeah, yeah sorry. Can, I was just going to say, can you get like a sense of spatial awareness? Yeah, spatial awareness is the, the most important thing, really. You've got to know where you are at all times and, in in I don't mean to mansplain football to you at all, but just to give a, a picture of what's going on, we play in in formations um, with your teammates. So if you if your teammates stick to a formation and you're doing your job properly, then you should be able to know where everyone is on the pitch. Um, so players do, and I still do 100. percent Like I don't want to get flattened by someone, and or I don't want to run into the goalpost. You know what I mean? But mm. it might happen, and you've just got to accept that sometimes. And if you're and you're, you're, you'll actually see it in some places. They're a bit stiffer and they might run with an arm out instead of running naturally. Um, and yeah, that can happen and it can hold you back a little bit sometimes. But best, the best players in the world just, you know, don't give a shit and will just do what they want. 
I think I heard you saying that like the best players in the world are really, really good. How good are they? Oh, they're outrageous, honestly. They they dribble like they can see. They pass like they can see. They shoot like they can see. It's just it's stupid. Um, like I'm I'm a good player by you know if you look at from someone who's never played before to like the best player in the world. I'm yeah average ish mm. player. Um, and these players at the very top are just like. It's just stupid. Like they can think about multiple things at the same time, and that's what's really important in blind football. You've got to know where your teammates are, where your position players are. You've got to listen to the ball. You've got to listen to the to your coaches who are giving you information. And if you can pick all of that up at the same time, then you're flying. And that's something I really struggle with because I'm new to the sport. I hyperfixate on one thing and don't pay attention to the rest. And that's obviously where I've got to got to grow. I guess. How long have you been playing it for? Um, properly since. October last year but I had my first interaction with it just over a year ago now so what how's that going to be for you in the future then is it something that like you really 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 want to get into um I wouldn't say like I'm dying to like be one of the best players in the world I, I train hard and I work hard but for me I'm more at this point in my career when I'm still learning the the ropes of the sport and still getting to grips with it I'm more um concerned with growing the sport and getting people aware of it and you know getting it the attention it deserves getting more players involved more volunteers more coaches that kind of thing um I guess once I actually like become a, a better player and consistently I'm a good player then I'll be more concerned on myself um but that will come in time the world cups this year so I've been doing a lot of work around trying to promote that and uh get people buying tickets for it and you know actually seeing how good and entertaining the sport is yeah yeah, that sounds that sounds great. That such a thing to wrap your head around. I think it's I think it's brilliant to be honest. Oh, I mean, yes, it, I never knew it was as good as it is. Like I was just mm. invited along by one of the England players who happened to live near me, and I was like, oh, okay, I'll just go and have a have a kick about. Like, I oh, he's not going to be great. It's going to be a bit clumsy, a bit messy. Do you know what I mean? And he he was just dribbling around like quicker than like. So most people could run like without a blindfold and it was just absolutely ridiculous and I was completely like in awe of what he was doing and I went back again I thought to myself oh, I'm not gonna go back but I did go back and just got mm. better and better and then like as we say fell, fell in love with with playing it um but yeah until you actually watch it or, or try and play it yourself you'll never appreciate like how good these players actually are and how much work they put in so when you're watching a match do you have um if you're there in person watching people, do you have someone next to you like telling you, oh, he's got the ball now? Da, 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 da. Um, to be fair, you can, from a blind perspective, you can normally tell because if you're on the pitch playing, you don't have someone next to you telling you what's going on. You've just got to listen out to, I don't know, say I'm playing in a team and my defender next to me says, my ball, like, you know who's got the ball based on their voice and what way they're going to be dribbling in based on the sound of the ball have they just played a pass have they just shot you can listen to what the coaches are saying so it's mm -hmm. not actually a sport you need commentary for if you're there in the in person but when you're watching it like on a tv screen or, a, or on youtube or something you will need commentary because you can't quite hear the communication as well yeah cool man so um... it's, it's a weird one honestly but i think everyone should know about it and i think if you're a football fan then it's definitely something you'll enjoy watching yeah, I agree, because I hadn't really heard about it until I heard you speak of it. And I thought, oh, yeah, well, of course, of course there is. And then I was like, oh, there is. But 
how do people do it? That's so interesting. Yeah, there's lots of questions on how it works. And I've got loads of videos on TikTok if anyone is not, not plugging myself too much. But if anyone was interested, there's a playlist there that, that you can see all the rules on. Are there other blind sports? Is there like blind boxing? But I don't actually think there's boxing. <laughs> we do, we've got gloves, um, boxing gloves at quite a lot of the training places. And we do piss about sometimes. There have been a few funny instances with that um because we'll, ju- we'll just go to town do you know what i mean we don't care we play blind football we get clobbered all the time so what is it if we get punched in the face <laughs> um so yeah i don't think that like is officially boxing i might be wrong i'm not sure but yeah something i've been doing at the minute is going around the uk um and trying out all of these sports that have been adapted for blind people so i've done mm. judo i'm going to be doing archery next week which is sick there's cricket obviously football um yeah there's there's loads there's even blind skiing which is ridiculous how would one even do blind archery Uh, (laughs) i'm going to find out um i think you have like a personalized um bit of equipment that you line up before you've even taken a shot Hmm. and it stays like that the whole time and you can just like align your feet into this and you know where the board is in front of you based on the positioning of like this bit of equipment if that makes sense like i think it's a foot plate or something that you i can't even do you know what stay tuned and i will show you next week (laughs) are you going to do that on like tiktok or do you you put anything up on youtube you you do have a youtube but like would you put that up on youtube too i i would if i used youtube i just i need to do youtube more but it is obviously a a lot a lot of effort very time consuming and the time that i was doing my youtube channel and getting it started um i was moving house and just getting a puppy um so my life got quite busy and then i just never went back to it and stupidly i still haven't gone back to it but i would put it on youtube yeah but it would be on instagram and tiktok mainly that'd be cool i look forward to seeing that um do you have any what's your like funniest or almost awkward experiences um <laughs> being blind the one that stands out is um, sitting on an elderly, elderly, elderly <laughs> woman in a steam room, um, in a spa. That was rough. Oh no way! What happened? I was like 15, 16 maybe, and I'd gone to the gym by myself, um, which I did a lot to be fair. But I never really went in the spa by myself. I'd always go with my dad or a friend or whoever I was with. And I decided oh, I've got time. I'm going to go and hop in the steam room. I knew roughly the layout and I didn't take my cane in there because I'm not going to roll my cane that's, you know, had dog shit and God knows what else on it in the spa. So I kind of freewheeled it, got to the steam room. And my way of figuring out if anyone was there was by announcing my presence at the door and saying, oh, by the way, I'm blind. If there's anyone in here, can you let me know so that I don't sit on you um, just so I can find an empty seat? I said it. And I heard nothing. So I'm like, oh, okay, well, I must, must have a steam room to myself. Happy days. Sit down and I just feel this person below me. I'm like, oh, you've got oh to be. God. And it turns out she didn't speak English. She was, I think she was, it sounded Japanese, but I don't want to, you know, categorize people, but of that kind of language. Yeah. Um, and she started shouting in Japanese. I was like, oh, fuck, she didn't understand me, did she? I had to like gesture, like, I can't see. I'm so sorry, blind like and she kind of grasped it in the end um but that was more mortifying she probably thought you little pervert what are you doing (laughs) oh my god oh that's oh that's awful that that's one of those things of where like it's 3am you're trying to get into bed and you have like a memory (laughs) 
Oh, oh, remember, that time, remember that time you sat on an old lady and saw her? That one haunts me because that poor woman, like this, I wasn't, I'm not the smallest person either. Like even at 15, like I was relatively like well built for a 15 year old, just come in and sit on her lap. Like di- it was a direct hit as well. Like it wasn't even like I just clipped a bit of thigh. Like I fully sat on her and oh God. It actually, <laughs> it, it really does haunt me. Would um would visiting other countries like going on holiday and stuff would would you face challenges with that? Do you reckon? I only say because you said the lady sounded Japanese, and I was just thinking, oh well, if you only went on holiday to Japan, like how accessible would that be for you? I guess I'd have to like prepare myself beforehand and say what do they have in place accessibility wise. Mm. If I was by myself, like there are occasions where I do rely on other people to like just say, oh, is the train station door there or? Is that Marks and Spencer? I don't shop at Marks and Spencer, what I'm saying. Is that Iceland? <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? And, um, you know, in England, that goes well, because, you know, 99% of people are going to speak English. Mm. So if I went to a foreign country, I can imagine that it would be challenging in that sense. But for now, I'm not really planning on going by myself. So hopefully mm. I won't have to find out. But I know there are a lot of blind people who love travel and will go places by themselves. And maybe that question is better, better faced for them, to be fair. I'm curious about that as well. Okay, cool. Um, what's what have you got in store for the future? You're going to be doing your TikTok still, playing blind football. What else? Um, well, as I said, I like to like to restart YouTube. You might see me on your screens for a bit more long form content. God help you if that's not something you wake <laughs> up to in the morning. Um, I am looking to roll out um a business of mine uh, going into um companies and businesses talking about accessibility for uh, disabled employees and how best to facilitate their well- well-being at work um so doing some some workshops in that so i'm really excited to be doing that and i'll be posting some content around that too um something i'm really really passionate about hopefully a lot more uh, mainstream media stuff as well i'm really hoping to get into sort of tv work uh, a bit of radio maybe um and just just deviate away a little bit from social media because um it's not great to stick with one thing over and over again i think you've got to got to re- refresh sometimes oh yeah 100 percent. diversify your content and diversify yes. your revenue streams get some merch yes, in there yes <laughs> get some merch <laughs> yeah like get some merch in there do some like little like do things you know what should i do with merch is that what should what should i if i was to do something what do you recommend I don't know if you have like a if you have like a catchphrase you could put that like I say um in my content I do say a lot of don't care didn't ask like I don't care and I didn't ask so I've stuck that on a t-shirt you know stuff like that oh I'm gonna buy that now because (laughs) literally like that sums me up that that sounds good I I say bosh a lot but like I feel like everyone says that I can't can't trademark that no you can't because bosh is also it's a, 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 a a vegan cooking company as well I think that's not me anyway. I'm like the least vegan person ever. I'm like the most vegan person ever. So this is a real meeting of the minds. <laughs> a meeting of the minds. A meeting of the minds. <laughs> uh, that's that's all. That's all I have time for. You've answered all of my questions. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been a lovely chat with you. It's been a great chat. Thank you for having me. And where can people find you? TikTok, socials, say whatever you want. Uh, so we've got TikTok and Instagram are the main ones, um, which is Blind Tobes. And like I just said, for any sort of business inquiries about accessibility, there is an email in my bios on there if anyone needs anything.
awesome thank you so much for coming on and for everyone else thank you so much for listening remember to like comment subscribe follow me on spotify and itunes give me five stars on spotify cheers mate don't really care about itunes too much i don't even know if they have a rating system not bothered (laughs) i make new podcasts whenever i feel like it and i'll see you guys all next time bye